WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 165, all about the Silmarillion, chapter 24 of the Voyage of Erendil and the War of Wrath, being the 165th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time, and right now I'm reading The Silmarillion, so you don't have to. Today I'm joined once again by Silmarimily from Tolkien Talk, here to Uh redeem, not redeem herself, but but defend (laughs) The Silmarillion because she was handed the worst chapter ever. Emily, welcome back. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I felt um I felt so bad when uh when when we finished recording because it was so apparent to me what a terrible chapter that infamous <laughs> realms of Beleriand is. And so oh, many yeah. people were telling me too. They're like you need to have her back on for a better chapter. So Oh, I'm <laughs> honored. I mean, I have such a deep love of the Summerland, so it it was not hard for me um, from my perspective to defend it, but I can definitely see um, from everybody else's perspective why that is a very difficult chapter to to defend the uh, writing in. I think we still had a great conversation about it. Yes. So yes. I think we did great, you know? <laughs> well, I was I was proud of myself that I that I that I managed to come out without too many uh battle wounds yes <laughs> we won't be able to say the same for this chapter Ooh, i'm gonna shadow you know this is this is so exciting on so many levels one it so it's it's like kind of anticlimactic because it's like oh it's the last chapter of the silmarillion yeah. but then there are these two more sections left afterwards which will have to be put on hold because of rings of power yes oh. um which you were part of this super cool exclusive group of amazing yes. people who got to go <laughs> to the screening so we will maybe talk about that in a patreon after show listeners <laughs> if um if emily has any tea to spill no there will be no tea spilling it was just very exciting i was very very glad to be there i'm very excited to watch it all again i know i'm i'm it it's gotten me more excited definitely so i'm i'm for sure looking forward to it so yeah listeners if you're confused about what the episodes are going to look like um we are finishing up this last chapter chapter 24 of the silmarillion this week Next week on Tuesday, because Rings of Power, they decided to really throw off my schedule. Oh. Um, and they <laughs> are releasing the first two episodes of Rings of Power at once. So I was like, okay, great. I have to cover two episodes in one week. How am I going to do this? And they're pretty long, pretty long episodes. Yeah. Um, especially when my episodes release on Tuesdays. So that's a very tight turnaround. Ooh, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> even further complicating matters is that I'm going to be at the beach this week. So 
I won't be like in the private privacy of my own home to to watch it. I don't even know if I'll be able to watch it the night it comes out. I might have to wait until I'm back home on Saturday. So who knows? Anyway, um, yeah, it's very stressful. We'll we'll figure it out. It's fine. Um, <laughs> actually, I say we'll figure it out. I have figured it out. Um, according to a Twitter poll, people showed a preference for. One episode of That's What I'm Talking About per episode of Rings of Power. So rather than covering the first two in the first week of our coverage, on Tuesday will be the episode on the first episode of Rings of Power. And then on Thursday, I will release an episode for episode two. And then we'll be on to one episode of That's What I'm Talking About per week. So... If anyone's marking their calendars, no one is marking their calendars. <laughs> um, but before all of that excitement, we have this excitement. Yes. This is the voyage of Erendil. I think I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I don't care. Steve Colbert can come and yell at me. Um, <laughs> and the War <laughs> of Wrath. He actually said it wrong. That was that's that was what I whole, hear. That was what the whole beef was about. He called out Wizard Way Chris mm-hmm. in front of everybody. And they were right. It's Arendio. He had the emphasis in the wrong spot. So I'm on Team Chris in the uh Arendio. Team Chris. <laughs> team Chris. We're all Team Wizard Way Chris, yes. Um, who may or may not be making an appearance on this podcast again soon. Ooh. <laughs> Let's back up everything just just a smidge. Mm-hmm. Doriath yeah. destroyed. <laughs> Gondolin destroyed. Destroyed. Mm-hmm. And both of their their groups of of refugees have met one another. I think they're in Do you know where they are? Is it Avernian? I don't know. This isn't this isn't me like quizzing you. Avernian? This is me being like I don't remember. It's it's believe, okay. It doesn't if it doesn't. I believe that's how it is is said. My issue is the pronunciation of all of these words. <laughs> I believe it is Avernian. It's where Elrond and Elros are like born and raised. Okay. Point is, is that they're not in Gondolin or Doriath anymore because those places yeah. are destroyed. Right. And <laughs> Idril and Tuar have left. And Erendil grows up, and Elwing, the daughter of Dior, who is the son of Baron and Luthien. Yes, there we go. And remember, all the family trees. This is this is the point in which all of those insanely complicated, long family trees all come to a point. They mm-hmm. all meet. I um. This is when I was like, okay, so isn't this how? Arwen and Aragorn are technically like cousins and yes. so I was trying to like map up their map out their lineage in my head because yes. I know, and so I was just like you know what this is hurting my brain you can just like you can just like on on you know Wikipedia you can just keep like clicking backwards and backwards and backwards <laughs> this is how how Arwen is related to both lines of the half elven so there's two in this time period there's two like marriages of elven and men, Baron and Luthien and Idril and Tuor. And Baron and Luthien, you know, Dior and then Elwing and then Idril and Tuor at Indil. So they have the half elven 
Arwen at least has the half elven on like both sides. Oh, that's because, true. I didn't children, think about that. Yeah, their children do. So like Aragorn comes from the um, Elros line, and then Arwen comes from the Elrond line. Yeah, very complicated. Yeah, spo- Yeah, so spo- spoiler alert. Um, I say that, and it's in the first sentence. So, <laughs> but, um, uh, so Arendil and Elwing are married, and they have two sons. Elrond and Elros and I was like hey I know that guy I know this it's one it's actually a name that is the person you know of and not just a name that Tolkien has reused yes. and renamed somebody else or named somebody twice yes not to be confused with Denethor I think Denethor there's a Boromir <laughs> I think there's two Ecthelion yeah there's Ecthelion there's yes yeah. So this is actually the same person that you are thinking of yes. when you hear the name. Oh, for what? finally. <laughs> um, so uh, Arendil, however, is very upset because he has heard nothing of his parents, Tuor and Idril. Um, mm-hmm. And he decides that he is going to travel out and find them and that he is going to bring to the Valar the message of elves and men. That should move yes. their hearts to pity for the sorrows of Middle Earth. Lofty goals here. Yeah. He's he's really setting some high high bars for himself. <laughs> yeah. Especially considering like not e- not even like elves can make it over there. And he's a he's a half elf, even though he is like the most beautiful half elf ever. Um, they wow. make sure to mention. <laughs> But it's an important distinction that he wants to bring the message of elves and men because previously Manwe had refused to come help because Olmo only pleaded on behalf of the elves and not the men. That So I'm like, okay, I see what's happening here. Erendil's going to be the one. He's going to go over, bring this message. And that's what the vo- I was like, ah, the voyage. Okay, got that. That's in the chapter title. And I'm assuming, yes. And I'm assuming that'll lead to a war of wrath. So <laughs> Arendil is like, he's like sailing around the world, kind of going on like cool adventures. This is his like pirate era. I don't know. But like he's sailing around. <laughs> he leaves yeah. behind Elwing. And I'm mm. like, how dare you? Like, take her with oh. you on your pirate adventures. You guys can be Will Either Smith and Elizabeth Swan. Open? Yes, yeah, yes. maybe the kids too. Oh, uh, fine, I guess. Yeah, I feel like the, the whole like familial structure and relationships of elves is like so unrelatable to to me, and like I I can't understand leaving these people behind. But it's like, well, you're immortal. Like it's not like a oh no, like I'm I'm losing all this time with you. It's like they they can just be together forever. Like what's what's a couple years or however long? Because he's like, well, we're both immortal. What's what's some time apart? This is true. Yeah, it's not like you're missing like your children's, you know, like yeah, coming of age because they're so yeah, they're gonna be like, like children for another like five hundred years or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However long, I don't even think Tolkien knew the lifespan of how that worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's something that I've had questions about like ever since I started Lord of the Rings. Was like, okay, uh-huh. so if. If elves can have babies, but they're also immortal, like how how do they age? Yeah, like what are what are their what are how do they age? What are their like years of fertility? Because they're like adults so long. Like, do they get older? When do they become fertile? How long are they pregnant? Like, there's so many biological mm-hmm. questions that are just never yeah. They are never and answered. also like 
you know, you see Galadriel and she we know she's she's ages old. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, she's aged into like an old grandmother. She still looks, you know, 30. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing about that is clear. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, then again, this is also the movie's depiction of these characters. And Elrond looks older than Galadriel, but he is much younger than her. So like, do they just get to pick an age that they stop physically aging? Possibly it could just be like they kind of, and also like the Rings of Power is also going to throw a little bit of conversation as well because Celebrimbor is kind of, he looks more like 50 or 60. And then they've cast younger actors for Elrond and Galadriel too. So there's a little bit of I feel like it's they're they're using the fact that Tolkien did not ever state specifically to my knowledge this to their advantage and and casting, you know, leaving it, it more open for casting and the ages of actors because yeah, it's really never never clear like what their aging lifetime kind of looks like. <laughs> yeah, and and yet we have like, you know, detailed descriptions of like how this tree came to grow you know but we don't know how the elves age (laughs) right we don't know how they age we don't know like what their whole like familial structures fertility all of that so like it's never made any sense like if you can just have kids for thousands of years like why do most of them only have like one One or two two? i don't know if they're it depends on how long they're pregnant for because maybe they're pregnant for years and i don't think i I would want to be pregnant for years um I believe there is some, like, somewhere Tolkien wrote, I remember reading about that they are pregnant for nine years, but I think he also contradicted that every once in a while. So I don't, I don't know if that's like canon through, I really hope it's not because even if you live forever, I still wouldn't want to spend nine years of that. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Man, poor. And especially for like elves who had lots of children. Yeah, like, poor the mother of the, the mother of the like, sons of Feanor. The wife of Feanor. Yes, Fanor. the mother of the sons of Feanor. That poor lady. Whatever her name is. Do we even know her name? Oh, no. We do know her name. We know her name. I don't wife have it memorized. Of Feanor. Nerd is, yes. But she just had Feanor, and then it's the other wife that has the rest of them. No, that's... No, she... Nerdanel is the wife of Feanor. Feanor is the one who... Finway had fir- the first wife who had Feanor, uh-huh. and then died. Yes. yes. And then the other two... And then another wife had... What are the other two guys? Fingolfin and Finarfin. Wow. I'm pulling this out of the recesses of my brain. Feodor's mother is Muriel. Muriel, yes. Muriel. And then the rest of their mother is Indus. Okay. So Indus is the one who has all of the rest of the kids, all of Feodor's half-siblings, like Fingolfin, Penarfin. No, it's just the two. There's daughters, but the daughters are like not. There were daughters? daughters yes, there are daughters. She had one, two, three. And then Nerdanel had, um, yeah, the seven. Something. Yes. We're like Nerdanel really is into the, the wife of, of Feanor. And she has siblings. like Hydros and Naglor. And she had one, two, three, four, five. Fin- six, okay. Uh, yeah, he had. 
Findus and looks like Irame mm-hmm. are um daughters. Daughters. So yeah, sisters of Feanor. Okay, anyway, we just went down the family tree. So um <laughs> it's so easy. You just get sucked in and gosh. there's so many all their names start with F. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um still to this day I I could not tell you which one is Finn Rod and which one is Finn Gone because I I mix them up so frequently. <laughs> I know one of them is Galadriel's brother and like one of like I like somewhere Finrod. along the way they became it's Galadriel's one. brother. Finrod is Galadriel's brother. Okay. Anyway, okay. So we shall actually speaking of all of these these guys, the sons of Feanor, what are they up to these days? Um, so having just pillaged Doriath, um, they're they're sitting in there and they know that Elwing. They somehow like word gets to them that Elwing yes. has the Silmaril, who and she has been keeping it safe while um, like she has possession of it while Aaron Deal has been out on his pirate adventure, and so. They, it so it says that Maedhros, um was repenting of the deeds in Dor- uh, the repenting of the deeds in Doriath withheld his hand, but mm-hmm. in time the knowledge of their oath unfulfilled returned to torment him and his brothers. Yes. So first, it just kind of makes me laugh where it's like, okay, so he's repenting of his deeds in Dorath. And I'm like, but what does that look like? Is that just him sitting sitting there being internally like, wow, maybe that wasn't such a a good thing that we did. I feel bad about that. Okay, I've repented, you know, like. (laughs) Yeah, it's not really clear. To me, I interpret that as like, he's I don't know, meditating, praying, you know, something like he's trying to change. And also the oath is also like, like I think Don mentioned in an earlier episode, like elf magic is sort of like, eh, like it kind of everything goes. Right. So the oath is not just like, you know, he said, all right, dad, like I'll fulfill this for you. Like it's some sort of like innate magical thing that like no matter how hard he tries and not escape from it's like ingrained or it's it's like a destiny type of thing that he can't fight which is very interesting right it's constantly pulling them back in um no matter how much they they want to you know live normally um and so they send word to elwing and and these elves and say um hey we know you have the the silmaril um, it'd be real chill if you gave it to us. <laughs> and she's like, um, no. <laughs> she's like, um, I do that? it's kind of mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, this is the Silmaril that her grandfather like wrested from yeah. Morgoth himself. Well, he lost a hand over it. Like she's not just gonna give it up. This is like a familial thing yes. that she's been holding on to. Yes. Um, and so came to pass the last and cruelest of the slayings of Elf by Elf. And yep. that was the third of the great wrongs achieved by the accursed oath. So Yeah, literally just, just throws in there casually a third kin slaying. Just a third kin after slaying. After everything else. I was I was kind of shocked that there was a second kin slaying, but a third one. Right. A third is a <laughs> that's pretty bad. Especially after Maitros has just repented. Like, hold on, what happened there? It's that oath. It's that pesky little oath. 
Cute little elf. Yeah. So like all of these poor elves that that survived the siege of of Gondolin and Doriath, they've like found this nice little spot at the mouth of the river Sirion. They're just hanging out and then they think they've made it. They think they've survived. And then nope. Here comes yeah. Sons of Fanmore once again. Yeah, can you imagine everything. you're a survivor of the second Ken slang and you're like, oh, well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Like, I'm glad that never right. has to happen again, you know? Uh-huh. And then... And then, like, not long after. Like, I believe they that Erendil escapes the Siege of Gondolin when he's, like, seven years old. So, and he's, like, you know, an adult now. Like, this hasn't... It's not, like, since, you know, the first Ken slang. Yeah. Like, not much past since the second yeah, one maybe even, and maybe just, like already. 20 25 years and like especially yeah. in terms of like the elven timeline that's nothing right nothing like a minute yeah and they're like already back at it again yeah so the third canceling happens yikes mm-hmm. um and elrond and elros are taken captive and Elwing protects the Silmaril from the Sons of Feanor by throwing, by like grabbing it to her grabbing and throwing herself and off jumping. a cliff. <laughs> yes, which is like so dramatic. And also like, can you imagine if Elrond and Elros were like there? I mean, the timeline is 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 unclear, but like they were they already kidnapped or were they like in the process of being kidnapped and they're like seeing... They're like being taken away by these strangers, and then their mother is like presumably dead. Like this mm-hmm. is this is the beginning of a very long and traumatic life for Elrond in particular. I'm I'm so interested, and that's why like <laughs> I'm you know looking forward to the show. Obviously, I'm mm-hmm. so interested to see like what's up with the life of Elrond because yeah. I really didn't. I I, I mean. I, so much of like my opinions of him are colored by the movies, which add a lot to his character that I didn't care for. Um, but like mm. Elrond is a character that I don't really care about. And then right. there's I, I haven't watched all of the trailers and teasers because they're yeah. like all of a sudden within like the last few weeks, there was so much stuff that was coming out. And I just yes, oh my gosh, I couldn't even yeah. keep up with that. Yeah. Every day there was a trailer or a clip or something. Yeah. Photo. But, but um, so. there was one trailer where Elrond and glad you are speaking you have not seen what i've seen i have seen my share you have not seen what i have seen she's like i've seen three kinslings now <laughs> you were only right. alive for Although, one <laughs> yeah i think it's fair but i also do feel like elrond at least maybe not yet at that point but like He's got some things coming for him. Yeah, that's but. true. That's true. <laughs> that may arrive. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So I'm really interested to see, like, you know, here he is as a little boy, and just yeah. just see what happens to this to this guy. Yeah, I I was never uh, an Elrond Elrond girly, but I think I think I'm going to become one. <laughs> I think we all are. Yeah, I I think I'm going to become one, and I'm very curious to see, like, if without you know directly mentioning. A lot of this stuff that they may not be able to, like how this will play into the portrayal of Elrond. I would be surprised if it didn't kind of color a little bit of of his portrayal mm-hmm. of Elrond. Yeah. Where were we? Oh, right. <laughs> Elwing has just oh, right. thrown herself She's off the cliff. She's in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily, Olmo, the only Valar, he is carrying the weight of all. He is carrying all of them on He's their shoulders. Manwe who? 
Olmo is is the best one of all of them. Oh, yes. He bears Elwing up out of the sea and basically turns her into a giant bird (laughs) and she flies around and everyone's like, oh my God, look at that beautiful bird. What? (laughs) She goes to find her hubby. Yes. And she lands on his ship. (laughs) And can you just imagine? Imagine like a giant bird coming at you. (laughs) And um, Erendil this whole time has, before the the kinslaying happened, he like had this this, like bad feeling. So he started having... Heading back um, home, mm. but he didn't make it in time to help everyone. Um, <laughs> so, so he has this bad feeling, you know, that something's going to happen, and he's on his way home. And then his wife drops out of the sky as a bird, and I'm assuming she transforms back into herself, yes, and and then says, "Our what's left of our like refugee home is destroyed. Most of our yep. people are dead. Our sons have been taken." <laughs> And what does he do? He goes, all right, let's let's keep going. Let's keep trying to find Valinor. Let's not go get our boys. I know. That is let's kind of surprising. <laughs> um, I think he says, yeah, it says he saw no hope left in the lands of Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess at this point, they could also just be assuming that their sons are dead. Which is very, very Actually, harrowing. I think, um, I think it even just mentions at first that Elwing and Elros and Elrond are lost. And then it goes into details that Elrond and Elros have been cap- taken captive. And then, yeah. you know, this whole thing that happened to Elwing. So I guess she they just think that they're dead. It, I, it, it's not clear if Arendelle and Elwing know that they're okay, but Tolkien does tell us that, like, they fear that he they have been slain, but it was not so mm-hmm. that Maglor takes pity on them and tries his best to love him despite this all-powerful consuming oath that he has taken. Right. Yeah, let's check in on on the Sons of Feanor, speaking of Maglor. Previously in an episode, I had said that all of the Sons of Feanor were still alive. Um, at that point, the three the three C's. Hang on, let me let me flip back to my Allegorm. Caranthir and Kudufin. Caranthir, that's it, yes. They had actually, they had all died in Doriath. I'd forgotten about that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then in this battle, Amrod and Amros are slain. So at this point, it's just Maedhros and Maglor left. And yes, we do have um, moments of showing that Maglor is like the the weight of the oath is really pulling on him and um, it's tiring him and he doesn't want to do this anymore. And he is so like sickened by everything that they've done. And so he's like really feeling it. And uh, yes, it does mention that he takes care of the boys and that they, they all kind of like, show love for each other too and so mm-hmm. at least you know even though they've been kidnapped at least it's nice to know that yeah. like they're being taken taken care of yes it's not like worst case but you know yeah could have been better it could yeah it could it could be worse could be a lot better but it could be a lot worse yeah. too <laughs> what are their names erendil and elwing are mm-hmm. uh traveling now into the west and there were mm-hmm. 
all of these protections that the Valar had put up around like the coasts and the islands and like mysterious fog that would like make people get lost or or crash into rocks probably or you know become you know enchanted and yeah become like mentally lost full of booby traps yes just Full of booby traps. Booby trap galore. Just imagine the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> like they do not want you to get there. Yeah. But from what I understand is that they have the Silmaril with them. And so they yeah. are able to pass through all of this and they make it to yeah. Valinor. And it essentially just grows brighter and brighter and yeah. kind of allows them to pass more peacefully, I guess. Mm-hmm. Everyone at this point, there it's like some party or festival or something. So mostly everyone is up in the the city, like the the main city that the Valar live in, um, rather than like down there where the Teleri are and um, yeah. Tyrion and everything. Like it's all deserted. That makes that makes him very nervous. He's like, oh, something has something bad happened here because he's like walking through these like big cities and there's nobody there. Yeah. And I also wonder, like, it doesn't really mention, like, um, when he goes through Tyrion, he, it doesn't really mention him thinking about Gondolin, but, like, Gondolin was made in the image of Tyrion. Like, that was Turgon's goal. So, yeah. um, it, it, I mean, it could be, you know, he was little when he was young when Gondolin was destroyed. So maybe he doesn't remember much. But, like, it would have been interesting if there had just been a little note of, like, and he saw, like, what the real thing was oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. And he at first tells Elwing to just stay, to, like, stay down by the shore. Or, no, no, yeah. So at first he says, he I'm. basically like, this is my mission. <laughs> yeah. So he's so, like dramatic about it yeah he's always trying to leave people behind he says here none but myself shall set foot lest you fall under the wrath of the valar but that peril i will take on myself alone for the sake of the two kindreds and then elwing is like "Mm, no (laughs) yeah nice try i mean it is kind of nice like he's trying he's saying like if they're really pissed that we're here like let them just be mad at me and not all mad at you yeah, that's true. They don't, I wonder like how much they know about what exactly the Silmaril is. Like, do they know mm-hmm. that it is the light of the trees of Valinor? And like, because, you know, so much time has passed and so many right. like kinslings have happened. Yeah. Um. So like, because from, from my perspective reading it, I'm like, oh, if I was walking into Valinor and I had one of the Silmarils, I would be like, hello, where's my red I carpet? Yeah. <laughs> um, but they don't, they might not know that. They're very unsure of how the Valar are going to um, yeah. mm-hmm. take their, their arrival. So the, yeah. the three guys who they like rode over with stay on the ship. Elwing and Erendil go on to shore, but he does make her stay down by the shore. And he goes mm-hmm. up north to um, Taniquatil, the um, mountaintop that everyone is, is partying at, basically. Mm-hmm. So he goes up and he runs into Aonwe, who is the Herald of Manwe. And this guy becomes like suddenly very important in this chapter. Yes. <laughs> and we've like yes. never heard of him beforehand. I don't, actually, he probably has shown up beforehand, but all of a sudden he has a role. 
to play. He's got lines. Yes. Now. Yeah. He has he has he has a name and lines now. Um yeah. I think previously if he was mentioned, it was just like the herald of Maonwe. Yeah. Um and like all of a sudden he's a very important character in this chapter. So mm. just keep that in mind. Um <laughs> so he finds what's his name? Aaron Deal and brings him up to Manwe and there uh Arendil, like tells his story and delivers yeah. the errand of the two kindreds and he yeah. asks pardon for the Noldor which I don't mm-hmm. exactly understand like how that ca- like I feel like that doesn't work because like he's not at all related to well no he is but like he's not related to the sons of Feanor and like it's mostly they're doing you know and so I guess like kind of by extension he can ask for right for for pardon but like he's at this point like two generations removed from from oh, all yeah. of that so I think it's more just the the fact that he's being unselfish about it he is he is doing he's coming from a selfless mm. place and as a representative of elves and men, this is why they do not uh, just immediately smite him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, great point. So Manwe says that he will be um, judged at the mercy of either men or elves, um, and he mm-hmm. will have to like pick a side. And if he you know, chooses men, I guess he'll go back over to Middle Earth and fight. And if he chooses elves, he can stay in Valinor. He goes right. down and gets Elwing, who has been partying with the Teleri, and she's like made friends with them. <laughs> they go up there. And I love this, that Erendil lets Elwing choose first, that it's not like the husband choosing and then she just yes. does whatever he does. Yes, he lets for the both of them. Yes. Elwing chooses to be judged among the firstborn children of Iluvatar because of Luthien. And for her sake, Arendil chose alike. So I love yes. that. But also because mm-hmm. it says that if it had just been his choice, he probably would have chosen the men um, because his heart... He would have picked men. Yeah. His heart was like closer to that of his father and the peoples of his father. I just love that because we don't... Like the bar is like so low for like the Silmarillion and like there's just like not a lot of, I don't know, agency for, for women in this mm-hmm. book. And so it's nice right, to see yeah. like this moment of like Elwin sure. kind of taking charge and her husband going along with it. Yes. I do love that. Erendil then gets like the coolest thing ever that I was just like, what is happening? Right. <laughs> so their ship, it just says that the three the three men that were on the ship, it just says the Valar drove them away into the east with a great wind. So they just like, And they just like blew them away, yeah. like tumbled across the I was, sea. I was at first, I was I, I didn't remember how they got like off the ship and back over to Beleriand because it does mention that that happens. And I was like, oh, I guess like maybe Olmo did it, but no, it just says that the Velar drove them away with a great wind. <laughs> I would love I would love to know his reasoning behind that solution to the problem. But I mean, okay, yeah. he was like, I want this ship. Yeah. We need this ship. It's very important. Oh, which. Side note, if it's, like, important for anyone, like, the little Easter eggs or something, I believe this is one of the ships that was na- um, made by Kierden or something. Yeah, so. Yeah. And he is. There's a part where, like, Erendil goes and befriends Kierden. And- yeah. 
the ship with him but then give up so it's a pretty it's a pretty nifty ship i don't know all i'm imagining is like peter pan do you did you ever watch the live <laughs> like the, action the, the, the live see? action um Peter Pan with Jerry Jeremy Sumter and everyone yep, yep. was everyone loved <laughs> like that was uh-huh. everyone's like first crush was Peter Pan in that movie. Yes. Uh-huh. Anyway, just imagining yeah, just like pixie dust and like stars speckled around a boat and it's just like flying just through like, the air and then the music uh-huh. from that movie is playing. <laughs> <laughs> lifted up into the skies um, and like surrounded by starlight it says um it was filled with a wavering flame pure and bright and Erendil the mariner sat at the helm glistening with dust of elven gems and the silmaril was bound upon his brow which i'm kind of like i feel like it should go to elwing but okay <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it was her family's but we have, all right we have the small triumph small triumph for women network Yeah, yeah, take it down a notch. Uh (laughs) (laughs) He like journeys through the sky and everyone sees him at, you know, sunrise and sunset. And he comes back into Valinor flying from around his journeys around the the skies of the world. And oh, yeah. And then it says Elwing does not go with him. But I guess her like brief moment as a bird (laughs) really sparked some love for for birds inside of her. And so she goes down says the borders of the sundering seas and she stays there and like learns to talk to the birds yeah they teach her oh yeah they teach her the craft of flight and her wings were of white and silver gray and Mm -hmm. sometimes she i think she goes and flies with erendil so this is like wild she can't go with him everywhere but i think when he kind of he kind of flies by. She she goes and flies up to meet him and, and spend some time with him. Yeah. They're living like their best, I don't know, Neverland Peter Pan life. Yes. <laughs> so over in Beleriand, Maglor and Maedhro see Erendil and they see the Silmaril in the sky and they're like, okay, so it's yeah, up there. Like, is that one Silmaril? Kind of looks like it. Yeah. And this is when they kind of start having this conversation about like, I don't think we're ever going to get the Silmarils. Like, I don't know what's going to, like, I don't think, or at least Maglor is, like, really having some doubts being like, maybe we just let it go. Yeah, he's like, now it's up there. Then he says, then let us be glad for its glory is seen now by many and is yet secure from all evil. So he's like, all right, this is best scenario. Everybody can enjoy it and it's safe for Morgoth. Yes. And speaking of Morgoth, that's the segue I was looking for. Um, he, it says, he looked not for the assaults that came upon him, for so great was his pride become that he deemed that none would ever again come with open war against him. Which, like, I can't say I would disagree with that thinking, considering, right. like, ev- like, all of the battles and war that he's wrought. Yeah. 
He's been the definite winner uh, in the last couple battles. Probably feeling all high and mighty, kind of secure in his rule reign. Yes. Like, nobody's going to come challenge me anymore. And then over in Valinor, armies Mm. are rising. And I was like, yes, Yes, finally, (laughs) we're doing something about the Morgoth problem. Finally. And it's it's like a big deal Mm -hmm. because the Vanyar and the Noldor that had remained with Finarfin, who had decided not to come to Middle-earth, and then some of the Teleri even go to war. And like the Vanyar, if you don't remember, like once they are called to Valinor, like their whole host stays there. Like they don't ever have any parts of their people that stay in Middle-earth. They all go. So the fact that like there are Banyar that are marching on Middle-earth is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Finarfin, who is the third son of Fenway, who stayed behind of the Noldor, so mm-hmm. him and the rest of the Noldor that were mm-hmm. that remained in Valinor, they rally. The Teleri mm-hmm. originally were not willing to go, and I don't blame them, because they were like, hey, we had a kinslaying right. problem. We're, we're not about to go to war. But Elwing kind of rallies them because she... So she is the daughter of Dior and... Let me go back in my brain. And Luthien is the daughter of Thingol. And Thingol... Is the brother of the king of, of the Teleri. Yes. 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 <laughs> I think that's there one of the go. parts that when I was reading it last night and I was like... Okay, remind me how she's one of them. <laughs> it always it goes back so, so far. But yes, Thingle was originally Elu. Yeah. Who, whose brother Olwi ended yes. up going. Yes, okay. yeah. And he well, got distracted by Melian along yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, and they, they all go over. It mentions that the Teleri board their ships and they make it over to the sea, but they don't they don't go fight on land. They just stay. They're just there. They're just the ferry. They just they they run the ferries. Yeah. They were like, we'll take you over there in our nice fancy ships, but we still don't want to have a foot in this game because yeah. we're still a little trapped. We've already <laughs> lost a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They march upon Middle Earth and mm-hmm. The meeting of the hosts of the West and of the North is named the Great Battle and the War of Wrath. Yeah, it's pretty insane. I won't like go into all the details, but it's all, you know, pretty epic scale. Lots of people are involved. Edendil comes back and fights the biggest, worst dragon and Caligon the Black slays the dragon also, something that I just thought was funny, it mentions some like some of the men fighting and that some of the men were fighting with the enemy and the mm. elves do not forget no. it. I have that underlined in my copy because that is very relevant to the rest of the universe after this. <laughs> yes, yes. And like, I know... In the movie when Elrond says, like, I was there the day, like, 5,000 years ago when the strength of yeah. men failed. I know he's not referring to this, but, like, right. it comes to mind, you know? <laughs> it does. It does. It's like they've been burned many times yeah. before. Yeah. And then- yeah. And then in walks, like, Aragorn. <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm the hope of the future of these of the yes. land. <laughs> but I'm also a little boy right now, so. 
Right. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, um, I'll have to link it in my bio. But there's this artist on Twitter who does um these comics of like Elrond, like Aragorn when he was young, like being raised oh. in Rivendell, and the first. Oh, that's so cute. The first panel is, you know, that vine that's, what do you have? A knife. No. Oh, I've seen this. I've literally <laughs> they, seen like, that. They, re- like, yeah. recreated it with Elrond uh, and, like, little Aragorn, and I died. So, anyway. It's so cute. Insane battle. Crazy. And we win. Yay! Thunder supplies. Yeah. They go in, and they, you know, strike down Morgoth, and they chain him with the same chain that he had on when he was imprisoned in Valinor. Um, Mm -hmm. And they, like, kick off the crown and take the Silmarils, and the Silmarils are given to Aonwe, the herald of Manwe. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are they not just given to Manwe? Why are they not just given to, (laughs) like, this guy's suddenly gotten a very important position. So that night, everyone's camping, rallying to, to go back to Valinor tomorrow. Maedhros and Maglor have, like, a big conversation together. Because they will not, they don't want to go back. Like, Aeon, we basically, as the herald of Manwe, um, summoned all of the elves of Valerian to go back and depart Middle-earth. But Maedhros and Maglor will not go despite you know the weariness of the oath and everything and they also of course still want the Salmorils. yes so they, they once again yeah they ask, ask him back <laughs> they're like um can we have them um mm-hmm. and he answers that the right to the work of their father which the sons of feanor formerly possessed had now perished because of their many and merciless deeds, being blinded by their oath, and most of all, because of their slaying of Dior and the assaults upon the Havens. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if they know about that third kinsling. <laughs> Just because it didn't right. come up then. <laughs> They're like, oh, y'all don't know about that like, one. Okay, like, so we just we won't tell them about yeah, that Don't one. tell them. <laughs> like, it's not going to make our case any better. Uh, yeah, Maedhros and Maglor have this, like, really important, like, like very just interesting conversation I found where um, mm-hmm. Maglor is, like, you can tell he's tired and he's just ready to give up. And he's like, don't you think it's time, bro? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just he's, his heart was sorrowful. Like, you kind of feel for him that he does feel like they have, you know, wronged, done wrong deeds. Yeah. And it's like, if we go back, like, we could be forgiven and we shall yeah. have the pe- a peace that we have not known in many, many years. Yeah. And he's like, and don't you think, like, if Manwe and Varda forgive us? I think that'll be enough to like break this oath. I think like the yeah. oath will be satisfied with that. Like I think yeah. we can finally, yeah, rest. And Maedhros <laughs> is just like, no matter what happens, I don't think, like I don't think any amount of forgiveness, I don't think anything is going to release us from this oath. Like, isn't this what, yeah. like this is what we promised our father. Like this is what we're supposed to do. I don't think this is what is supposed to happen. And so, like, it's this moment where I feel like, oh my god, Maglor is winning Maedhros over. They're gonna, they're gonna mm-hmm. repent and go back and get forgiveness. Nope. Um, yeah. <laughs> so later that no, night, he just yielded to the will of Maedhros. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like your older brother just being like, "Shut up and do it." Yeah. <laughs> I'm the oldest. So. This is what I say. Yeah. So they devise this this plot. <laughs> they sneak into camp, um, and they. 
Yeah, they kill the the guards that are watching the Silmarils. And I'm like, oh, man, you guys were so, like, you were so close. Like, I was reading that conversation and I'm like, oh, wow, look at them, like, turning this around. And then it's like, nope, more murder, more murder. But they, they still don't, like, even though they, they were almost forgiven, they kill all these guards and then the guards want to fight back. Aonwe still will not allow them to be slain. Yes, he shows them. I was like, bruh. Yeah, he shows them this like bit of mercy that they have never shown anyone really. And he's like, But is it? I see this is interesting because it seems like mercy, like he would not per- permit the slaying. But then, you know, obviously what happens next is like maybe he kind of knew, knew. what was going to happen mm-hmm. next and what their fate would be. And so he was like, You know what? If you guys won't, don't want to be forgiven, I don't want you to like get the easy way out by dying. I want you to have to like suffer essentially. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a really like interesting perspective to think that like he knew what would happen. What happens next mm-hmm. is more suffering. So they yeah, so Anway lets them go. I was viewing I was kind of viewing this as like we're not like we're not going to let this turn us into them. We're not, we're going to take yeah. the high road here, yeah. you know? They take the Silmarils and they say, like, wow, isn't like, what a great convenience that, the, you know, like there were seven of us and there was only three Silmarils. Like, there was no way that we were going to split them up between all of us. So I think right. it's meant to be that there's yeah, the two there's of us two left, left and there's two, two Silmarils. <laughs> I can see this like right, like, this is right on the precipice. Like, they're saying this as they're reaching out for the Silmarils. Yes. They're like, it's meant to be. This is our, this is everything coming together for us. <laughs> so they grab the Silmarils yeah. and, of course, they are burned by them and caused, like, intense suffering and pain. Maedhras throws himself into a gaping chasm filled with fire and so ended. Mm-hmm. And the Silmaril that he bore was taken into the bosom of the earth. And Maglor yes. also could not endure the pain. And he cast it at last into the sea. And thereafter, he wandered ever upon the shores, singing in pain and regret beside the waves. And so it came to pass that the Silmarils found their long homes, one in the airs of heaven and one in the fires of the heart of the world and one in the deep waters. I just love that. I think that's such a fitting end. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of sad. Maglor's ending, it does tug at the heartstrings a little because you know how hard he tried, like twice essentially, to mm. get away from this this fate, but it would not be that pesky oath. I know. It's not gonna let the the sons of Feanor live or die peacefully so and they've all returned to these you know like elemental homes yes and it's funny because like as I was you know nearing the end of this chapter I was like so where are the Silmarils I was thinking about it in terms of like you know like in the timeline of like Lord of the Rings and like I'm like so like where are they? What where, where did they go? What happened to them? And so I guess this right. is what happened to them. And I don't know if they ever pop up again. If they do, interesting. But like it's just so crazy that like this dumb book is all about mm-hmm. these dumb rocks. And then they just get tossed. The, the the one in the sea always interested me because of 
specifically when they're talking about in the Lord of the Rings and the Council of Elrond, what to do about the ring. And somebody suggests like throwing it into the ocean. Gandalf is like, no, that, that would never work. Like, like Sauron would literally raise the world to the ground looking for the ring, even if it was like, it's eventually someday it would wash ashore and Sauron would come get it. So I'm like, well, why does that never happen yeah. in the Silmaril? Like, why does the Silmaril never wash up on the shore? <laughs> yeah, like the yeah. So the one in the in the air in the sky, Arendelle has one is just right, you know one it. is seemingly destroyed in the fire. Yeah, that one in the ocean. Yeah. I would imagine it's like the in, the the like end credit scene of Jumanji where it washes <laughs> up on a shore in like Africa or India or something and you see like children right. like running towards it as like yeah. the story begins again we need that with the right, Silmaril right. you know <laughs> it, it washes up on the shores and then Mary and Pippin pick it up <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I could see it happening oh my gosh oh. Tolkien missed out on an excellent no. storytelling opportunity wow Right. I wish he just said something like Omo Omo took it and and placed it in the deepest trench in the deepest part, yeah. you know, like it made it a little like he says deep waters, but I don't know. That's not good enough for me. Yeah, same, <laughs> same. So um for the most part, everyone goes back over to Valinor. Um Morgoth is thrust through the door of night beyond the walls of the world into the timeless void. So metal. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. That is like <laughs> And Erendil kind of like keeps watch over this area from the skies. So yeah, yeah. mostly everyone came back over except for Kirden, the shipwright, Celeborn, and Galadriel, as well as Gilgalad, the High King, and Elrond and Elros. Like their parents, Elrond and Elros are asked to choose, like, okay, who are you going to side yes. with, men or elves? And Elrond chooses the elves, and Elros chooses the men. Yes, the second of his traumas. <laughs> <laughs> um... I can't, yeah, I can't imagine, yeah, being like, so does that mean you're going to die? <laughs> like, am I yeah, going like to die, bro? Yeah, like, his life will be so, like, infinitely shorter. shorter. Yeah. And they've already lost their parents. So, like, you know, you're you're basically orphaned, been kidnapped. Your surrogate dads are also dead. So they've been orphaned twice now. <laughs> yeah. And then now he's lost his brother. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see how that plays out in the show. Right. <laughs> so when it's mentioning like Galadriel and Celeborn over, you know, over in Middle Earth and stuff. So maybe granted, there's still these two more sections, Akalabeth and of the Third Age. And of course, ir yeah, ironically, of the Rings of Power. Um, <laughs> and um, we'll see what that's all about. <laughs> so it could still happen in these last two sections. But... I thought Balerion just like falls underwater. So obviously at this point, it's still here. Um, mm -hmm. I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> More to come? Question mark? I don't know. So Morgoth is, yeah, he's thrust into that timeless void. It's like, and it's a happy ending, you know, like evil was destroyed. The good guys prevailed. Everyone's safe, except mm -hmm. like. But he puts this. It puts the little asterisks there. <laughs> I love it. I love that kind of stuff. Where it's like, mm, 
it's so it's it's so ominous like after all of this stuff that's happened to say like the lies of Melkor, the mighty Hina curse, Morgoth, the power of terror and hate sowed in the hearts of elves and men are a seed that does not die and cannot be destroyed. Yes. Like Ooh. And ever and anon, it sprouts anew and will bear dark fruit even unto the latest days. Yeah. It's like, oh, not a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like this little paragraph that says, here ends the Silmarillion, mm. which it doesn't because there's still, like I said, these two more sections. Right. So I, I, I love that. They're like, of course, you know, of course, we know the ring. We know the one ring. Yeah. We know Sauron. We know all that stuff is going to happen. So yeah, right. just this little sprinkle, you know, it's like the end. Or is it? And of uh, course, we uh, know uh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. not the end. There, it's far from it. <laughs> oh yes, he's still got one more story to tell. Yes, because <laughs> this is just the first the first. He's got two more trilogy, two more movie trilogies. One much better than the other. Um, several video <laughs> games, <laughs> um, and an entire supposedly five season yes television, television show. Yeah, the second eight created by one of the richest and least helpful men in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> so here ends the Silmarillion. Yay! You did it! <laughs> oh, wow. It crams so much stuff in that last chapter. I feel like they're just like, he's just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. All this stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, a lot happened. Uh, I mean, a lot happened in that book um i i don't know i'm tired have have stare at the wall for a little bit and be like process (laughs) everything i am also just so excited for the show just because now all i have to do for the for the podcast is watch a tv show like that's right that's so much better than running (laughs) the silmarillion i think it's great like I am well aware of how difficult the Silmarillion is to get to. Like there are diehard Tolkien fans who have been fans for most of their lives that have not gotten through the Silmarillion. So not only should you give yourself a big pat on the back for that, but also this show is going to be so exciting that it'll bring more people into this like epic history without necessarily having to read it. And also convince people like there's going to be things that they don't necessarily state out loud that they kind of hint at. Or maybe they drop a name and move on. So it's like, ooh, like, what are they hinting at? Like, is that in the Silmarillion? And maybe it'll draw more people in and make it more, you know, accessible and and more desirous to read. I know, like, the Peter Jackson movies helped a lot of people be able to picture those, the world of Tolkien and makes it easier to read and understand. So I'm hoping that the Rings of Power television show will do the same for the Silmarillion because I obviously think it's a great book. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, I I feel like even though, you know, we, uh, like, all of us, like, Tolkien creators and stuff, we've been saying that, like, no, you don't have to read the Silmarillion in order to enjoy the show. I I feel like this really set the stage because I have gotten to the like beginning of Elrond's life in, yes, in like the now Silmarillion. Yes, like now you where they are actual characters. And so now like so watching weird. the show, I'm going to get to see like where his life picks up 
at after the end of this chapter, you know? So like here we are where exactly. he's yeah, just been like sort of orphaned. Like his parents chose to go, like one of them chose to go be a pirate in the sky and the other one is a bird lady. <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah, his his brother has chosen um the the mortal life of man. So yeah, that's like where we're finding Elrond and we're finding all of these yeah. people after I'm assuming like maybe a couple you know, hundred years or maybe ages have passed since this war with Morgoth. But like, mm-hmm. I know like the history of all that, and like, I'm gonna get to see like I've seen all this all this stuff that like Galadriel has gone through. Like, you have not seen what I have seen. Yeah. Like, I have seen it now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see. It's, it, it's good to have context. Yes, yeah. But I, uh, but I don't think it will be necessary. Yeah, like, I think totally. I don't think. The showrunners are laboring under the delusion that most of fans have read this book. Like, and honestly, it wouldn't make any sense to cater to that audience. Like, they would be smart to cater to an audience that has not read all of this yes. so that their show is more accessible to 99%. Yes, yeah. The one person of us that have like read and know all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, nerds. But it's nice if we like it. It's nice if we like it and, and we can kind of watch and be like, ooh, there's some little Easter eggs here and there. But I definitely don't think the show will be made for us, which is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emily, thank you for joining me for this final chapter of The Silmarillion. Um, thank you for having me. I'm honored. Yeah, how do you, yeah. Do you, do you feel, I, I feel better that I had to that that I got to have you back for a much better <laughs> chapter than chapter fourteen of I the realms of appreciate so, it. Hopefully, you yeah. feel better too. I hope I I hope I lived up to my name. I feel like I can't not you know live up to it. Your love and positivity for the Silmarillion definitely comes through. <laughs> um, where can people find you on the internet? And is there anything you want to share with the audience? Like if there's any, I don't know, anything you want to plug or anything you've been working on? You can find me on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram at Silmarimily. I post a variety of things. So just as long as you love Tolkien and are along for the ride I think there'll be something that you will enjoy yes yeah listeners if you yeah if you've made it to this point in this episode of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) hopefully you like Tolkien and hopefully hopefully you like if you like my sense of humor you'll definitely Mm -hmm. like um Emily's stuff that she does on TikTok and um there are many things like you do that I've either almost done or I've like gotten ready to do and I'm like oh she did it first yes (laughs) I've seen it yeah there have been a few times where yeah the the opposite has happened where I'm like I I, there's a sound that I'm like oh I I have an idea for what to do for this and then I've gotten like so lazy with TikTok lately where I'm like I can't be bothered (laughs) to like stand up off my couch and make a Right. five second clip um yeah. and then yeah and then I'm scrolling and I'm like oh, she did it <laughs> yes like we always have like the same like if it's like a sound or a trend or something yes. I feel like we always like have the, of the same mind about it <laughs> yes that's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE if you want to learn more about the network you can go to wbne.org the cover art is by Vaishon Brandon you can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs if you want to get merch for That's What I'm Talking About, you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash Tolkien About Pod. 
Follow the podcast on social media at TolkienAboutPod and follow me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod and join whatever tier speaks to your heart. I appreciate every little bit of support you give, so I don't care which tier you join. Um, but this week, we are giving a shout out to our newest patron, Matthew. Matthew, thank you so much for becoming a patron of the superstar tier. That's not actually what it's called, but you are a superstar for showing your support for this podcast, which I am just so blown away every time I, I have another patron, another person in the world who wants to show their support. So thank you so, so much. Well, thank you again for coming on. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Um, I hope that this, you know, enhanced your experience, whether you read The Silmarillion yourself or you experienced it along with Mary Clay. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're excited for the show. I hope it's good. I hope it brings something new, brings new people into Tolkien. And that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.